Uh, welcome to another episode of the Love Sport Podcast. I'm Paul, your host. Going to be joined by John, special co-host as always. And uh, we're going to talk about the things we're really liking and disliking in sport at the moment. Going to be a few things we love, a few things we hate. Isn't that sport? Welcome to the Love Sport Podcast. We got John. I think he's eating and drinking in the background, so don't mind him. It's uh, what he does best with sport, guys. Um, John, tell us a bit about your uh, your culinary delights that you've been teasing us with the last few weeks. What do you mean during the podcast? Oh, well, during the uh, no more on the weekends, mate. You, you you're a bit of a uh, barbecue connoisseur. Look, I enjoy cooking. I was into cooking ever since I was a kid, so. Barbecue, and I got into barbecue and probably a little bit before it became super popular in Australia. And um, yeah, I really, I really enjoy pushing myself and coming up with some interesting things to eat. So yeah, it's good. So any um any special sauces you make on any? I mean, I, I've seen a lot of the stuff you cook, mate. It looks fantastic. Any special sauces that, that you, one that you could share at all? Real simple one. Oh. Making sauces, I mean, it's good if you've got the time to put into it. Like, um, and I have done it, uh, but, you know, there's a new barbecue shop open near us and they do an amazing job. Guy's called Smoked and he's oh. on the highway in Miami. And um, I've really gotten into this brand of sauces that he gets in from the States. Yeah. A tennis company called Blues Hog. And the, the, their range of sauces are just superb. They come in a jar. And oh, I just find definitely want to. Try and get into, um, you know, getting some of those sauces onto the meat when it comes off and is really hot. It's a different sort of flavour, very vinegary-based stuff. Well, I like um, that. I, like I make that. a lot of vinegary-based stuff myself. So, um, yeah. Uh, do, you use no, many rub, like, do you use many rubs? I, I used to buy a lot of different rubs from the US that were really good for barbies. Is, is it more oils for you or do you get rubs at all as well? I change up. I use rubs a lot, but I, yeah. I also like I, I don't mind making my own fresh marinades. Rubs are pretty. I find you look. I've found that with the store bought rubs, I'm finding the special ones from the states are very. You there? Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah. Listening. Um, oh yeah, um, very salty. Yeah, and I don't particularly love that over salty flavour in the barbecue. Um, so I tend to make my own rubs and. Yeah, just experiment with them. You know what? Nothing's ever the same. It's not exactly the same. Like, um, but yeah, I had the weekend. I had some fun. Made a pork ketter. Um, oh. My favourite thing to cook at the moment is picanha, Brazilian oh. rump cat. Uh, Mate, find them love them. Mate, I um, uh, can you hear me there? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Just keeps uh, dropping a little bit in uh, out, guys. This is a sporting podcast, but you know you. You've got to have your ales. You've got to have your food. Everything, you know, is combined with sport. Sport's not one thing. Um, but I tell you now, mate, I love cooking without recipes. Like, I know what I'm doing. I've cooked with enough recipes. I don't think there's anything better than when someone says, oh, how did you cook that? You give them a rough idea, but you can't tell them exactly. Oh, how many grams did you put in? How many meals of this? I cook for taste. And um, yeah. I, just, I just love that, mate. So you've inspired me. I cook Barbies every week, but I think I'm going to get into a few different things as well. I love cooking. I've always loved cooking fish on a Barbie and having yeah. it just having it fall away. So you unwrap it, and I don't want it to look 
solid. I love it when it just falls away and it's so moist. So, look, we, tonight we're doing a little bit differently. We're, we're talking about the stuff that we're really liking and disliking with sport as opposed to just getting a wrap um, of the week's sporting events. There's enough people doing that at the moment. So I don't know if you've got a list or anything, John, or you're just going to do it off your head. Um, I never you know me, Paul. I just sit here and uh, and to quote one of my favourite cricketers of all time, a, a guy called Matthew Hoggart, who was a fast bowler for England back in the day, real typical Yorkshire fast bowler. Um, when they asked him about, you know, setting up Matt Hayden before the 2005 Ashes, and they said, oh, well, you know, they were putting the guy there at, at a really short mid-off, just off the cut portion of the pitch. Yeah. Right in his eye line there. He's bowling over the wicket at him. And Matt Hayden, let's be realistic. I mean, one of the great opening batsmen of all time and, and of our lifetime, I'd struggle to think of many other better opening batsmen than, or dominant than Matt Hayden. And uh, and it worked. Uh, whatever Hoggy did, he had his number. And I asked him what his secrets were. He just said, look, you know, I just run in and I, I wang it down. That's yep. it. But so that's pretty much my secret. I, I I don't think too much about it. If people enjoy what we say, that's fine. If not, well, so what? I I find that with research, I don't like to come with too many of other people's ideas because once you start, it's like school. Um, if you ask kids a question, you say go home and think about that question. They hit Google and they they hit the first three things that come up, and there's this like list of stuff. Yeah, I agree, um, man. I, I totally agree. It's not very organic, Sorry there, mate. So that's not really organic. Uh, so I'd, I'd prefer to sit here and test myself a little bit. You there? I, I am. Can you hear me okay? Is there something going wrong with my with my microphone? I don't know. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you good now. Oh, good, mate. Look, look, look we're not going to even edit that. I'm going to leave it in. Um, I can hear you. It's just cutting in and out. Mate, I didn't do research, but I did write down a bit of a list. At the moment, I'm really liking the amount of sport that's on. We've got Rugby Union, we've got League, we've got AFL, you've got AFLW, you've got the Premier League, you've had, you know, Champions League. There's just so much sport on offer at the moment, and I'm just absolutely loving it. Yeah, well, one of my favourite things is coming up this week, and that's the Masters, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and, and I love it. It comes over Easter holidays, and I can sit back and just really revel in something that, Really hasn't changed that much in the whole of our lifetimes. Uh, Masters is thank. Look, thank you for adding another sport to our pile of sport that we have to watch. The Masters, if you're going to, yeah, the Masters is amazing. You know, you could say the British Open, but the Masters has always been my um, go-to golf tournament, and it's just had so many fantastic memories over the years. So that's a really good call, mate. Um, what anything that you're totally disliking? You might say Newcastle. But uh, anything you're totally disliking with sport at the moment? Oh, well, I think we've talked about this before, and it's very difficult sometimes to put this stuff out there. But I, I find it very—I I check every morning a couple of things, and you know, wake up and I and I look at say the BBC Sport website and yeah, you know, ABC and whatever. And I, I'm I'm so I understand that you know everyone's got a platform and they want to preach to you, but I'm actually more than beyond being sick of being pontificated to on an almost, you know, hourly basis by huge companies who I think actually are some of the most ill, ill-equipped people on the planet to tell me what to, how to think and, and, and do things. Um, and I was really taken aback by what I read this morning, BBC. Um, I sent you a link. Yeah. 
about the about the issue that's blowing up in Spain. And I, and I was reading through there towards the end and, and the kind of smug, um, on-high dictation that's coming from the president of the Valencia Football Club, and I'll bet it's being plotted pretty high heaven in BBC, in the BBC studios. I, I'm like, some of this stuff's serious. I, we're accusing yeah. people of things. People are turning around and walking off fields. There's no actual – all there is is he said, she said, and, and everyone's turning around and walking off. I'm like, I don't reckon that that would have happened if there's a crowd in. No, I don't think so either. I don't I don't think it would have either. Um, we, look, there's been some – we all know over the years there's been some great platforms for sporting people to make their political stances, but it almost feels at the moment that, you're, you know, people are being forced to make stances at different times. And, and I do think people are fed up of sports people telling them how they should politically think. And, you know, being formally educated doesn't mean you're smarter than, than anyone else, right? But for someone who's been in a sporting, you know, background from the age of 14, 15 and may not have, you know, gone on and done anything more telling me what I should think, I find that a bit rough. Um, I, I think I've had a gut forward of it as well. If you're an Indigenous player and you've been, you know, absolutely vilified and, you know, gone through that and we know what's happened over the years, you have every right to speak up. But I don't think we should be forced. You know, Colin Kaepernick took the knee. That's great. I, I, I applaud him for it, but not everyone has to take the knee. And we have to be able to see both sides of an argument. I've, I've had, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I've had a gutful of what's going on at the moment. Let's sport it's, be sport. Yeah, and, and it's it's everywhere and everything now, you know. But then you've got to be careful what you wish for because everyone's calling calling out, you know, like sports in the West, left, right, and centre all the time. And I say the West, I mean, let's be realistic here in in um, in Australia, USA, and Britain, and you know, Western Europe. And it's always oh, you know, this, that, and the other, and it's terrible. And I get it. There's issues all around the place. And I'm totally cognizant of that. I mean, I work with people at top in different kinds of roles where I've been and work with people who, and let's be realistic here, have got nothing, right? So that, that, that's not the people who are making the complaints. No. Um, most people making complaints um, couldn't be better off and um, have well more access to um, the means of, of buying stuff than you or even I've got or anyone that I know. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of also what what I'm getting to is I kind of feel like there's going to come a line of sand because something I've spoken to you and Sean before about on several occasions is pontification comes with, you know, a caveat. And that means that you have to, if you're going to be squeaky clean or, or call other people out all the time and say, I need you to be squeaky clean. Well, that means you need to be squeaky clean. And there's a Winter Olympics coming up in China. And everybody knows where some of these biggest companies, the shoe companies that might remain unnamed or sports brands, even sporting organisations, i.e. like maybe an organisation such as um, one from the United States who bounces balls around a court, <laughs> uh, an absolute truckload of their money on endorsements and deals through China. And, and um, you know, th there's a discussion around. I can't prove it, but it seems to be an ongoing discussion. It's just starting to start about... You know, are people going to go to that Winter Olympics? Yeah. Um, because of, um, you know, issues 
within that country. Man, we're going to call out issues in the United States. Let's face it, it's 24-7. There's issues getting called out every day there. Yep. Um, I think you've got to do the same thing in other parts of the world. You can't just be saying, oh, my God, these um, actual Western democracies are a big steaming pile of horseshit. And then on the other side say, well, this command economy type thing yeah. um, is not. Well, how do you feel about the upcoming or how do you feel about the, the World Cup being in Qatar? Like, I mean, it's been spoken about nonstop, right? But it kind of it kind of seems to have been pushed sideways a little bit at the moment. I mean, I'm I love my World Cups. I just can't get excited about the World Cup being in Qatar. I still can't. I've said since day one when they announced it that I won't watch it. And I've seen nothing about, you know, the development of the stadiums or the politics behind the decision or, you know, the type of way that people are employed. Let's And let's, once again, let's be realistic. If you're going to call out, you know, say in a country like Australia, like unfair work practices where we don't have a, you know, a, we, we need to bring in greater diversity within the workplace and, and, and in high-paying jobs and stuff like that. You've only got to go to the Middle East and look at, you know, how things maybe would have been done uh, a couple of hundred years ago when it comes to how much you pay your labour, which is like nothing, really, and you import them from the poorest countries um, and you pay them two parts of sweet FA and, and then, you know, at the end of it, and people die in those jobs. Yep. I'm not sure what the number of people is who've been killed working on those stadiums and for the World Cup is, but I heard it was more than none. Have you heard much about that? I, I don't know the numbers, so I won't try and uh, profess them. But um, look, it was definitely hundreds, and that was a year or two ago that they, they were reporting hundreds of workers had died in heat conditions, falls, all different things. I don't want to get sued, so that is pure speculation. If it's well, hundreds, I said like I think it's I, I think it's more than none. Yes, I think that's probably the best way to put right. it. Mate, I'm going to spin over to a positive one, mate. Um, just with the Olympics, you know, they're talking about the Olympics in the next few years and Brisbane and so forth. And it looks like it's pretty much a fait accompli because no one else wants to go for it at the moment. But it's the benefits that that Olympics could have for places like Ipswich and Springfield, um, which are looking at, you know, ten to 12,000-seat stadiums, which we've been crying out for. How amazing would that be to have, Gold Coast stadiums, Brisbane stadiums, and then stadiums out in, in rugby league heartland. It'll be fantastic, but I do think that uh, you have to, you know, you've got to be realistic about the Olympics. I mean, the Olympics and the World Cup have, you know, made promises about ongoing benefits in countries time and time again. And you wonder how real it really is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think we're probably in a country that um, I think we're probably in a country that can take benefit. You know, I'm not talking about the socioeconomic benefits because that's what the Olympics always espouse. Oh, this it's going to create this many jobs, and the infrastructure is going to give this many, you know, this much money going forward. But a ten thousand or twelve thousand seat stadium kind of seems perfect in those middle areas. Um, so that's you know, I'm being purely selfish and just wanting better stadiums everywhere. Um, but you can make an argument for something like the Olympics that, or the World Cup that the only real true model that can actually really be sustainable in work is is to have it in a country like Australia where you've got, like, an actual proper functioning, you know, um, uh, government and economy that can actually 
say, well, we're going to need this, that, and then we're going to do it properly. You yeah, know, I mean, look at the fallout for Brazil from the from the World Cup and the Olympics. If you had told me that the people of Brazil wouldn't embrace the football World Cup 15 years ago, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have believed it. Cool yeah. But they didn't, and they haven't, and it's been. I mean, it's been a disaster for them. And it was a long way out, which was the really scary part, mate. Um, give us something else you dislike at the moment about sport. There's plenty to dislike, and uh, give us something else there, bud. I don't like. Okay, you're asking me to try and be negative rather than positive, and I get that. Well, okay, we'll come back. We'll things come that, back to the positive. No, 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 things that I don't like. I don't like, um, and I've said it before. I've said that a few times now because we've been talking for a while. I, I look at the ESPNification of a lot of sports, right? Yep. And and this whole thing of like, you know what? Sometimes when I want to find out what's happening in world football, I don't care what Messi did. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't care what Ronaldo did, and I don't care about what they're doing together and things like that. I like other stories, and I like to hear about other clubs. And I don't really care. Does that make sense? I mean, it drives me nuts. It's like, okay, I get it. You makes know, perfect sense. Makes absolutely perfect that's sense. Like, the balloting out in in Spain. If that's what you want to watch, knock yourself out. But I couldn't care less. I think it's a really good point, mate. I've um I've actually found that with the AFL. Um, I'm a Richmond supporter. We are so flooded with Richmond crap or Collingwood crap. I actually want to go and see how um how the dogs are coming along or what's going wrong at St Kilda or you know those kind of things. And and I feel yeah. that's. Happened. I think it's happening, and you know how much I'm a bloody Richmond supporter, and I've, I'm sick of reading stories about Dimmer's coaching or you know Brendan Gale's ten-year plan. I, I already know it, so I don't need to reread it. I want to find out about the clubs I hear nothing about, and that happens a fair bit. I, I can't tell you anything about Fremantle. I try, I try and find out some stuff because I want to know about other teams. It's unless you live in WA, there's nothing. They they barely talk about other teams in the competition um, on all. All sporting shows, papers, everything, mate. I can barely find anything about another team. I can understand. I can kind of un- see it in a in 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 a one market town that you would have a fair focus on what you're looking at. But look, you know, you, you've only got to look at the NRL, and I can't tell you how many people I know who go, "Can we please not have the Broncos on on Friday night?" Yeah, I mean, even when they're rubbish, and they have been for two years, they're an actual laughing stock at the moment, and they're still on every Friday night. That's the prime night for watching rugby league. It's like, for goodness sake, put someone else on. Do you think they're like a Collingwood, though, that as many people who love them, people like watching them going through what they are at the moment? But not when it's, it's a, like 50-point blowouts because it's not worth watching. You just go, okay, next. Well, you know, I'm a Storm man. I didn't even, And I used to love watching Storm play Broncos, but the last probably six or seven years... I think the average margin's been over 30 points. I mean, that's, for a powerhouse, that's not good. That's, I mean, yeah, it's beyond a joke, to be honest. It's not even, you know, I go to a Storm game at Suncorp against the Broncos and we're killing them by 30 or 40 points. What the hell's going on? Well, there's big problems there and everyone knows it and we're not here to try and work those things out. But, like, it's been rotting away for quite a while um, in, in at the Broncos and, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff that a lot of places where they've invested, I think, have come up pretty short. And mm. I can't, I honestly, I mean, I, I 
I was surprised Kevin Boulders actually took the job because it's like, you know what? I think it's a bit of a poison chalice. I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't last to more than you know the end of next year. Um, right. They won't, they won't take the results line down. They'll blame him. What do you think about a um, – I mean, you know more about rugby league than I'll ever know. What do you, what do you think about the NRL down the track um, investing in a draft system themselves? Well, they don't do it because of um, – it already got taken to court by the players' union um, years ago when they first tried – when they first put it in, it was, it was thrown out based on a restriction of trade. So That's they, a fair call. they're never going to do it. They're never going to do it. And – I mean, see, we can easily sit here and say, well, they should do it. And, yeah, it'd be great. But the fact of the matter is they can't and, and, they, and they won't do it because rugby league spent the 90s and the 2000s in court. Yep. And I don't think they want to do it again. So it'd be no, great. It's a, but it's a very good call, mate. Very good call. Uh, let's, go to a, uh, let's go to a positive for you, mate, instead of me coming out with a positive first. Let's, uh, let's go down your path. A positive? Gosh, yeah. in sport. Yeah. From the Masters, I said that. Already. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, I'm, yeah. I there's always a lot going on. I mean, you're talking a lot about the, um, you know, the amount of sport that's on at the moment. I think it's interesting. Yep. I, I really became enamoured with. I've become far more as I've gotten a bit older, much more interested in, in the history of sports and traditions and stuff like that. Yeah, and so. I really enjoy the amount of access to different stuff that I can find when I get into one of those modes. And, you know, I was watching 70s football on YouTube today because I'm on school holidays and watching some great old, not full matches. I, I, I defy anyone to, you know, if someone who goes, well, I sat down and watched, you know, three full games from 1972. It's like, really? But watching the highlights is awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's been doing crowd. a fair bit myself. And I'll tell you what I do miss is I actually miss – t- I know you talked about in, in AFL before. Looking at the old grounds, man, like they disappear. And, you know, I watched a, a Newcastle versus um, Arsenal match at Highbury. Um, yeah. And that brought back memories of seeing what the ground looked like. Um, I, I looked at old Filbert Street for Leicester. Um, by the way, a cracker match. I, oh, I did like that. That was my highlight, my, what made me happy. I listened to a podcast by a former Newcastle captain, a guy called Gavin Peacock, oh. and he he was talking about he was there through some really interesting times at the football club, and he was talking about the day that we you know avoided relegation into the into what would be now EFL one or the old third division. We've never been there, given all of the issues we've had. At least that's something we can say, yeah. Yeah. And it was the last play of the game, the last play of the season. It was at Filbert Street. And I, that's why I went back and watched it. And I, I relived those memories. And God, we were close to going out, going down to third division. And I'll describe it as this. The um, goalkeeper, Tommy Wright, who I'm pretty sure was a Northern Ireland international, he just basically, they're about to blow the game dead. Newcastle need a goal to stay up. Yep. He pumps down one of the biggest kicks you've ever seen. It takes one bounce. Peacock trying for the defender. The defender just slips it in, and it looked like Escobar's own goal from the from the. <laughs> and he slips it into the bottom right hand corner, and all of the fans from Leicester, they had one of those goals you don't see too much anymore. But you know when the net's about only about half a meter deep. Yes. Yeah. 
that just had the little round bit at the top and it came straight down. And, and the ground's there. The ball goes in. He runs off. Every, all the Leicester fans have played the pitch because they're going nuts, are angry about the result. And then there's this big pitch invasion, this big brawl, and the players are going down the tunnel. And, and I was like, that was it. They stayed up. That's how they stayed up. It's like, man, what a game. What a match. And just to, you see that, and then two years, you know, two years later they're back up, and then they be, that team become the entertainers under Kevin Keegan. And, yeah, it was magic. Mate, I'll tell you, um, I, I, you know I follow a variety of sports and something I'm loving at the moment is taking different, you know, my, my kids all have different tastes. Um, so, you know, at the moment, you know, this season have the, I've had the ability to go to a- AFL, NBL, NRL, A-League, and it's just really interesting to, to see what they gravitate towards. And yeah. um, I, got, I got, the young kids that, that I know, mate, and, and I'm serious about this, they don't say they follow um, like the NBL and so forth. You take them to a game, and I can tell you, from a kid's perspective, it's short quarters, you know, twelve minute quarters, a lot of entertainment, lights, and everything. And took the kids to a losing NBL game, and they had an absolute ball. They went to an, they saw overtime, they lost, and that's kind of why basketball is not taking off in certain ways because you still have fun at a loss. Does that? I know it sounds really silly, but it's it's more than a game and it's entertainment. And that's also something that other sports are trying to incorporate, but it doesn't work for those traditional sports. I don't want to hear a song every time and, and there's an AFL goal kick. That happened last year in Brisbane and the Gold Coast, and it's now happening at the MCG. I don't yeah, want no, to hear... I, I, I want to talk to my mates about the goal. I want to celebrate it. I don't want to hear a bloody whatever song they put on. Do you know what I mean? So I've got a positive well, usually the song's not one you like. <laughs> usually the song is one you like, and I and I yeah I look our our conversation is well documented. But I think about basketball, but um, you know you talk about I've always heard that it's like oh when the bullets were big it's like oh my god the experience you've just got to get out there. I did go, yeah uh, I went and saw a couple of different Gold Coast version teams, and and all that's well and good. But at the end of the day, you know what I was bored to the back of my teeth with the actual game itself. And and so to me that the, the entertainment always has to be what's happening on the pitch. Yeah. They're the reason you're there. You know, I, I I don't go to football games to see bands I like because I go to see bands I like in places where bands play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't care less. I, you know, I, I wanted a ticket to the AFL Grand Final in Brisbane last year, right? I couldn't get one. You know what? I couldn't have cared less whether Powderfinger played there or not. I already seen them before. I couldn't. I, I don't care. We didn't care either. They didn't, you know, but I will say they did a bloody fantastic job. You know, I, I, we didn't go to the entertainment. We went to see Richmond. Hopefully, win a grand final. And Dad, Dad just turned around and said to me, "Oh my God, I'm really liking these bands." And that was so. It was they did a good job for what they needed. But it, it was like the, it's different at the grand final. I mean, at the grand final, you expect that they do do other stuff, and that's cool because it's an event. Yeah. Okay, so I, I'd never call them out for that. But like you say, I mean, if every game you go... And it's a bit like the National Anthem discussion in America. I've had some really interesting discussions on that, mm. which is to say, do we have to play the National Anthem every time a regular club game is being played? Yep. Yep. Remember how the NRL got into that for a while? And, AFL, and it's AFL like, has as well, mate. Yep. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, but how about you just make it for 
State of Origin and a grand final. I actually totally agree with that, mate. Look, we're nationalistic when it comes to certain things, but we're not. Um, we don't smack our chest. I don't go to a you know Richmond Dogs game, or I don't go to a Storm uh, Roosters game for the national anthem unless it's a grand final. I don't think it's needed there at all, mate. I was going to talk about I was going to talk about VAR and rule changes and all that kind of stuff, but I don't want to go down that path. I think it's too well worn. But I do want to talk about mm. supporters slagging off their club. And, and I really, I'm, I'm coming from a Villa point of view, okay? So I get up at one, get yeah. up at one thirty on Monday morning and Villa hasn't been playing well. So I wanted to see what, what they were going to bring to the party. And um, Fulham are fighting, as you know, for their lives. And it was a good result for you. Nil all at halftime. I made an instant coffee and it was awful. We went one nil down. And you should have seen the vitriol that was, you know, it, it, it's one thing saying a player's made a mistake, right? I, I did that. I said, oh, God, yeah. Ings, that's terrible, mate. You have, oh, as if he doesn't know. Sorry, mate? Isn't it? As, it's as if he, would, he wouldn't know unless you pointed it out to him. And, and that's, and even that's, I, I don't worry about because we all do that. If I did a mistake, you know, mm. I expect it. But it's the way we go about it saying, you know, it's the, it's the pure hatred that, social media allows people to put instantly out there and and, and it, so there's no filter you know like if you're at home by yourself you can go you know i don't want to swear but you can say oh you effing idiot i can't believe you did that right and you let it go yeah but you're putting it out into the universe and and people just don't stop we ended up winning 3-1 and i had the biggest smile on my face because we were dog shit for 78 minutes we win 3-1 and that whole day was golden right but the mm. hatred that on, on and I'm just can I, I'm using Villa as the example, but it happens to every club every week. I think we're getting way too carried away, and we probably always did, but we're getting way too carried away with individual things, aren't we? Don't you don't you think? Like, you know, a season. Uh, yeah, I think I think social media is a is is a is a horrible invention, and I think it, I think it's got so many great things. We've spoken about Twitter. You know, I've totally switched Twitter off. I've got I got my final message there that I got that I was we spoke about yeah. in an earlier thing, and and I'll never look at it again because you know I just people there say stuff. Um, everybody's got every. I think the thing about it is that everybody thinks it's a bit like our podcast, I suppose. <laughs> everybody in the world thinks they're more important and their opinion is more valid than anyone else's. I I was watching that game with you in real time. Yeah. Remember, yeah. we we sent some messages, and. I know that Newcastle's struggling. I, I don't need anybody to really tell me that. I can work it out for myself. But um, I, I don't. I'm I'm not really prepared to um, waste my energy in in getting angry about it anymore. Do you know what I mean? It's really it's uh, really healthy. I watched the game. It's really healthy. I watched the game. I watched the game. I saw I saw how it went. You know they played all right. I, well, I did. I nearly actually. <laughs> I wonder how many Newcastle fans had a heart attack because Joe Linton actually scored. <laughs> but and, and I think that you know actually like it's I think he's been he's been well placed. Well, the other thing is the fans haven't been in the ground to be able to say their piece either. Oh. So there's going to be a levels of frustration with different things that are happening and in every sport. Not, and I think a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about wouldn't be happening if the fans were there. Um, because honestly, I think that they'd. They would filter it. I think that the fans' reaction would filter some of the, some of the um, absolute 
um, the absolute, uh, how would you say, um, capacity of sports people to be, like as if they're not already uh, obsessed with themselves, to be even more obsessed with themselves than ever before. Exactly right. Um, with grandstanding and, and statements and stuff like that, it's like all you're really doing is chasing around a, a, a piece of blowing up piece of leather. It's like you're not, you know, you're not the most, you're not the, I don't, I don't want you to tell me about that. And I understand people having positions and all the rest of it, but, you know, I don't want to hear people on Twitter either. I, I, I'd shut that off, man. And I think you'd be well served for yourself to get rid of it as well. Well, I have to keep it for certain things that I do, such as spreading our, our podcast out there and so forth. But, um, mate, I'll, I'll come to a positive, and I really don't care if people like or don't like the AFLW. I enjoy it for what it is. We've spoken about it numerous times. But what I'm excited about at the moment is that um, the AFL's made a decision to, to once again make the uh, AFLW Grand Final a standalone. So on Saturday... Uh, oh, they did... When did they finalise that? Because I read that they was... Uh, a couple of hours ago, mate. Yeah, so a bit, uh, about oh, mid-afternoon. So the Crows put, take on Melbourne on Saturday and Brisbane take on Collingwood. Um, the two best teams in the comp, in my mind, uh, the Crows and Brisbane. So if the Crows win, they're going to host a standalone grand final at Adelaide Oval again. So they'll get, you know, thirty to 50,000 there. Brisbane um, take on Collingwood. If Brisbane win and Adelaide lose then Brisbane will host it at the Gabba. And if there's two upsets, Melbourne-Collingwood, it will be a standalone game at the MCG. So to me, what a bloody win that is that the AFL's put their, their, their marker out there and said, whatever happens, one, you know, three brilliant AFL grounds, one of three brilliant AFL grounds is going to host uh, an AFLW standalone grand final. Now. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, and so it should be. And, I think that that's that is really positive. It's it's interesting to see how, you know, the comments from the girls. I I, I kind of I was reading some of the comments about you know that the pace at which that decision was being made, and of course, there was the obligatory outrage from some people who I think sometimes I think a lot of the, the outrage on stuff in sport comes from people who don't even follow the game, and you know they they're saying this and that, and it's like okay, whatever. Like obviously, it's a big logistical deal. Yeah. You've got to book. You don't know where they're going to be. Um, it's a different. It's a time of the year when all the grounds are being taken. There's COVID considerations, travel, the whole thing. All right. So they've got to do what they've got to do and making a call. I think that um, the way I thought that the girls were really good waiting for to get a decision. I think it's good that it's a standalone event. I think it should be. I think it should be prioritised. And I think they should get prime time. Yeah, and and, and I'm, I'm just really, really happy that they're getting clear air. So, you know, I mean, if the unthinkable happened and the two Melbourne teams won, for example, they've already moved um, the game that was going to be on, I think, at Marvel Stadium that day. Um, I'm not sure who was playing, but they've moved it to later in the afternoon um, so that the AFL W Grand Final would be the only game played at that time. So I just absolutely love it. Um no, I know you. Things I hate in sport. Things I hate in sport. Can you tell me the name of that ground that they moved things from again? Oh yeah, mate. Sorry. Uh, I used. Uh, I, I used to call it Eddie Had. I used to call it the worst ground I've ever been to. Um, I used to call it. I can't believe it's not Grass Stadium. Um, because if you've ever been there, which I think you have, the 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 grass is finally taken off. But yeah, it's marble now. So I don't know. 
you know, I Docklands. Oh, Docklands, Marvel, Eddie Ed, whatever they called it. Um, not a bad little. Uh, I, I like the stadium, to be honest. I must be one of the only few. But um, anyway. Oh, no. I, like the I, hate the na- I hate the names of things getting. Yeah. I hate corporatization of all the names. Yeah. Everything that has to be sponsored gets sponsored. It's like. Levi Stadium whatever. in uh, Le- Levi Stadium for. Um, what do we got? The Hard Rock Stadium for the Dolphins. It's just, it's out of control, mate. It's just ridiculous. Uh, look, Levi, Levi. And I hate new grounds, and I know why they do it, but that was one of those things that all that wonderful history just getting tossed down the drain. Yep. And I'll tell you, one one of the worst, I don't care what anyone says, I know that it was supposed to be a shocking place and all that, but you can't tell me that if you're going to go and watch the 49ers, you wouldn't rather see them at Candlestick than the Levi Stadium. Yeah, I think yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, it, the Major League Baseball started this weekend and uh, or, or this week. And I know you're not the biggest baseball fan. You, you, you would watch a local game if if it was on, I reckon. And I, you, but you're not the biggest ML, Major League Baseball fan, right? I could. Uh, those statements are okay. I can live with those. I yeah. I'd, you can't love everything. I no. find, but I've tried to get into baseball, and um, oh, I'd love to go to a game, but no, I, watching on TV, I, I just don't really get into it. it takes too long, it, and it does. And I, and I'm a big Mets fan. I, I love what the, our owners doing at the moment. But the the thing I love about baseball and their opening week and everything like that is we've spoken about this with with other sports. It's the smell of that grass. You know, I've I've walked into mm. I've walked into City Field on opening day to see the Mets blow another season, right? But the smell, and they're the memories you have when you're older. You know, the memories as a kid of the, the concourse and that, you know, stale alcohol and all that. But baseball does that well, and I hope they continue um, to try and keep their traditions because nothing. I've just I've been to quite a few baseball stadiums, and they're all so unique. They're different sizes. There's different, you know, being having gone and seen Boston play, they've got an old mm. stadium. I saw the Oakland Athletics play, um, and their stadium is a really weird configuration, but it was so historical and old. I loved it. So I think you'd you'd love the stadium. Is that there. the Oakland Almeida Coliseum? When the Raiders used to play there? Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Everyone was in such a a hurry in the, in the NFL, and I understand, but why they're doing it. But you know, to get rid of the the baseball and um, football combo grounds. One of my favourite memories as a kid was watching NFL games when they were playing them with the baseball diamond yes, stuck in there yes. as well, running across the running across the forty, going across the uh, the second yeah. base. I loved it. I just used to say, that looks so cool, man. It's like, oh, that looks awesome. I mean, look. So yeah. I, We've um we've also um, the other thing this week, mate, that's really come up in, in boxing. Everyone's into MMA at the moment. I still love my boxing more than I love my MMA. Right, my favourite moments ever were the big um, Tyson fights, where everyone everyone made sure they were around the TV or at a pub to watch them. Um, yeah, and it's coming back a little bit. I mean, we've actually got a world class fighter for the first time in, in a while. I know people would argue and say Jeff Horn. But Tim Zhu looks the real deal. And he'll fill everything. He'll fill everywhere. He's he's gonna fill everything just like his dad did. And he's 
He obviously looks like he's on the way, hey? Oh, I just love it. And I love when he gets interviewed and people ask him about his dad and he goes, I don't want to talk about that. I'm Tim Zoo. And, and that's just so cool. You know, there's time for him to talk about his dad down the track, right? And they can compare careers and everything like that. But Tim Zoo's making his own career. And when he gets asked they about They look alike. Oh, my God. They really do look... <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be surprised if there was some formula and it was Costa um, because they, I've <laughs> never seen anyone look the same. But having these guys come through, um, I love boxing. I loved, I, I loved boxing when I was a kid. I did a lot of martial arts and boxing, and I really enjoyed. I don't think there's anything like being in, in a ring against someone else. Um, you know, the heavy gloves, the, the helmet, you know, like the, the heavier glove means you're going to cop less damage. Have you boxed much yourself? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, we, like everyone, we had a go at boxing training and yeah. for quite a little bit of time. Um, in my twenties, and uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I, I never actually um, went and did any kind of actual refereed fight, but I did chunk of sparring. But um, well, I'm talking about stuff that's not really relevant. But yeah, I've done some boxing training. You think you're fit, right? I could do it. So, I could do it some right now. You think you're fit until you do boxing training or get in a ring, don't you? Like I, I, I could barely yeah. last. What my brothers and I used to do is we, we did boxing down on the Gold Coast, actually, and we would get in um, with a couple other people and you took it in turns and it was three minutes. So you did back-to-back. So you would you would do two rounds and then someone someone else would come in and we'd rotate it. And I, yeah. I was gone after probably a minute and a half. I was never been more sick in my life, I reckon, <laughs> without even being it's hit. Up, <laughs> I, I do think it's exciting. And, yeah, and, like, if you're going to, you know... Talk honestly, I, I, I'm very excited to see a good quality boxer coming through, and I really aren't interested in MMA. But I, I, I will watch MMA occasionally because I just like the tactics of it, and I like the history. Um, I love the history that Jiu-Jitsu with the Gracie brothers and everything realistically were unbeatable on the ground, so they had to change the rules so they couldn't be on the. You know, I, I love the history of that. I don't like what it's now become. Um, I th- feel like every MMA fight's exactly the same, where the history of MMA was it was all different martial arts coming up against each other and all different boxing styles and everything, and I loved that. And now it just feels like you just got to get someone on the ground and that's it. And it, it just bores me now. Um, well, that's all I ever see is people rolling around on the ground and then some, uh, lots of a bit of blood and then that's it. So I, I don't watch it. Yeah, a lot of people do. So, you know, for those who love it, and I'm sure you're going to be able to tell us all about it, you can do it on Love Sport on Twitter and Facebook. You can uh, you can message John, but he won't answer at Lambic Peach. It'll be interesting if he goes back in a couple of years to read anything there. Uh, you can get me on Paul underscore football. Mate, I, I could go on about injury subs, and, and I said we can go on about VAR because there's been some horrendous decisions lately. But one of the other things that's really exciting at the moment in Australia at least, is that a lot of local sports are starting to happen right now. So if you want to go and see your local soccer club or go and see a local AFL club and that now on a Saturday afternoon, you can actually go there now. Um, and that's pretty exciting because a lot of people haven't been able to do that for a year or more. There you go. There's, yeah, yeah, no, that's good. The things are really opening up. Oh, it's the cat. That's Wayne. <laughs> um, things are really opening up. So we've got, a, we've got a girl cat who's moved in here for a little bit. So... We've changed her name to Carmel while she's here. So oh. we've got Wayne and Carmel. 
Special shout out to Wayne back Carl. 1970s cats. That's right. But um, black and white, aren't they? Yeah, they are actually. I saw they the sort photos. of sit there and look at each other. <laughs> uh, watch them. I, I've, I've never really been. I've never really thought about that much. But then you put two cats together, and I, I was I had these visions of you know what it would have been like to be a, you know a, a zookeeper when they bring a new, like a new um, male tiger in. Yep. 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 Be like, holy smokes! We'll put a girl there to sort of say, get to know each other, guys. <laughs> Be crazy, wouldn't it, mate? We've got two. We've got two cats at our house that are brothers, and you'd swear to God they are. Uh, like, if you went back to the feudal times, and you'd swear one of them wants a crown, and he's just going to kill that brother. And mean having a brother means nothing. They are just insane, our cats. So, mate, have you got any uh, any final words on this very different podcast tonight? Any, anything that's um come out of the sporting world that's gone, whoa, because I, I'm not, I haven't got anything at the moment. It's just absolutely wowing me. It's quite, no, look, it's quite strange. And we'll go back to the start of the podcast and I do apologize if anybody um, feels like, you know, upset by the fact that I don't want to really keep getting talked to by sports people about their politics. Um, but I don't, yep. um, I really don't. And, uh, and I do think that people's tolerance for that stuff in general around the place is getting shorter and shorter. I think with legitimate social change, okay, I understand it, that will come. But to just pick up your bat and ball and leave and walk off isn't the way to do it. And to lecture people all the time um, doesn't work either. That doesn't work in any walk of life. No. Uh, it won't work here. So anyway, but, yeah, um, I'm, did Queensland qualify for the Shield final? Um yeah, I think with the draw, with the washout, they uh, they did. I'm pretty sure they did. Um, I, I, I'm so happy that it's at least getting a little bit of coverage again. Like, there was getting none uh, for a while. So, I'm pretty sure that with the draw, um, that they are through. Should we find that out, mate? We don't normally do research for, for a pod. Um, yeah, I, I hope they are. Anyway, if they, if they are, well, that's great. And if they're not, well, that's really upset me. Oh, that's things that I'm not happy with. I, I like that you've covered both there. Let's just have a quick look. No, I'm going to miss it. I, we don't try and do um, we don't try and do on the spot research, as you probably know. Some podcasts have producers and different things like that. But uh, look, we, one thing I do want to well, say though, our, our program drops out if I do that. Well, exactly right. Well, one thing I do want to say now that you brought cricket up though is congratulations to Chad Sayers, who's um, just recently retired after, I think, 10 or 11 years, um, playing playing um, third most shield wickets for SA, I think, is all I can remember. Uh, I wouldn't know how many, but he's a lovely, lovely guy as well. And without shield cricket, we wouldn't even know who Chad Sayers was. So um, congratulations. He actually should have played for Australia. Yeah. He got some short cricket, but he should have been, he would have been a perfect test cricketer. Well, uh, just having a quick look right here. Let's have a look. 279 wickets at 25. Um, that's pretty that's darn good. Average. That is third mm. most ever shield wickets for South Australia. Now, he has played one test. There you go. He played yeah, a test he... against South yeah. Africa. And yeah. his first test wicket was AB de Villiers. <laughs> that's not too bad for your one test. But took that's a pretty good scalp. He's, that's a, definitely one more test wicket than, uh, than most people I know. So... That's good. Congratulations on a fine career. Uh, we might and good luck uh, women we this weekend. 
we might end the uh, podcast on that one, mate. Go the Lions. I think the tickets are going to be absolutely out of this world in terms of the sales for this weekend. Uh, so let's go the Lions, get behind our local Brisbane team and hope they um, hope there's an upset and that they get the host of the grand final at the Gabba. Because that's Wayne. Wayne wants the grand final at the Gabba, doesn't he? Is that Wayne or Carmel in the background? I think so. That's Wayne. Carmel's not in here. She doesn't come in this room. Uh, good right, on you, mate. Wayne. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. And um, have a great week. And enjoy the Masters. Uh, thanks for joining us on a special episode of the Rough Sport Podcast. John and I just uh, loved and vented at the same time. You can get us on Paul underscore football on Twitter, John at Landic Peach. You get us on the Love Sport Podcast on Facebook and Twitter as well. Join in the conversation. We'd love to hear what you love and hate about sport. This is and was the Love Sport Podcast. <laughs>